Let us just begin as we start this morning in seeking him in prayer. Our good and great God, we give thanks to you that you rule in the kingdom of men. We give thanks to you that you are sovereign, that you are supreme and rule over all. We give thanks today that you care about us, and we give thanks today that we can safely rest, trust, and hope in you. Lord, we know that you have poured out upon us your grace, your loving kindness, your mercy. We praise you this day as we consider all that you have promised to us. And Lord, I pray that no matter what we face, that we would trust and hope in you like Daniel did. As we consider how great his trials were, as we consider how great temptation he was placed under, Lord, I pray that we would follow his example in seeking you day by day. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Would you take your Bibles and turn with me this morning to Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to learn about Daniel, but we're going to start with a little commentary about Daniel that we find in the New Testament in Hebrews chapter 11. I'm curious, how many of you would be able to tell me what we call Hebrews chapter 11? What do we call this chapter? Oh, let me tell you what we call it. We call it the Hall of Faith. Can you say that with me? The Hall of Faith. It's a group of people and descriptions of people who had faith. And if you look with me, is, would anyone here like to read for me verse 33? Anybody want to read Hebrews eleven thirty-three? Elijah? Thank you. Did any of you hear a description of Daniel in there? I did. Now, if you know about, wait, wait, well, wait a minute. I tell you all the time to forget what you know. So if you forgot all that you know, then you don't know what's about Daniel in there, do you? But you do, don't you? What's famous about Daniel in that verse? It is that he, through faith, stopped the mouths of lions. It wasn't his strength, it wasn't his might, it wasn't his cunning trickery or somehow sleight of hand with these lions. It was through faith. What is faith? Faith is trusting in God, hoping in God, resting in God. Today we're going to learn a lot of things about Daniel. Now, Perhaps you're still picturing Daniel as that teenage boy. You know, teenagers don't stay teenagers. And as time has gone by, Daniel has gotten to be actually quite an old man, most likely up in his 60s, maybe even 70s. Oops, did I say that was old? Sorry. Well, compared to a teenager... But I make the point because sometimes we get this idea that Daniel was this young man. But time has gone by, and there's not a lot of tie to dates that we're necessarily familiar with. But a lot of time has gone by, and Daniel is no longer just that teenager captive in Babylon. He is now 
one of the great princes in the media Persian province of Babylon, the city of Babylon. And he's an older man in his 60s or even maybe 70s. You remember that the kingdom of Babylon, the head of gold, that lion with wings, is gone. Gone. Belshazzar, in his reign, it's gone. Now, the arms and chest of silver, the arms representing Media and Persia, is now the empire of the world. And that beast, that bear, with the four ribs in his mouth, and also that beast of the ram with the two horns. That's the kingdom that's now in power, the medial Persian Empire. Cyrus the Great is the mighty king over all of the empire. We don't hear a lot about Cyrus in the book of Daniel because Cyrus is too busy elsewhere ruling over the province, over all of the provinces. But there is a man who is called Darius the Mede who is appointed over Babylon. And you know, for rulers and governors, kings and princes, you know they need help. They need lots of help. Because there are a lot He needed help. And so he appointed over the provinces of Babylon princes and rulers and governors. It tells us, if you take your Bibles now and turn back to Daniel chapter 6, that it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these princes, three presidents, of whom Daniel was first. You know, I get the idea that Darius, the Mede, was a wise man. Do you know why? Because he took, as far as we can tell, and according to the prophecies of Jeremiah himself and Ezekiel, which I think it's Ezekiel, not Jeremiah, prophecies of Ezekiel declaring Daniel to be the wisest among thousands of years. I think Darius was wise because he chose a wise man named Daniel. You know, this is a lesson for every one of us. Whether you're a child or an old man when you're over 100. Is that better? No matter what age you are, no matter what age you are, there is some wisdom and lesson we can learn from Daniel here in Daniel chapter 6. Can we do a sword drill? Can we do a sword drill? Here's the reference. Proverbs 22, 29. Can you say it with me? Proverbs 22, 29. Charge! This is a proverb. This is a wise saying. Do you see a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. Brothers and sisters, Daniel was a man diligent in his business. Daniel was a man wise. 
and he stood before kings. He stood before kings. He stood before Nebuchadnezzar. He stood before Belshazzar. And now he stands before Darius the Mede. And he is in second in command over the entire kingdom. Of all the 120 princes, of the three presidents, he is first. He is on the top. He is a man who has shown himself diligent in all that he is busy about. And he finds himself standing before kings. Now, if you look at the rest of that verse, it says he shall not stand before mean men. Hmm. That's kind of interesting as we go through our narrative of Daniel because uh, mean there can have a different context of meanings and how it's understood. But let's just take it in our most common sense of the word mean men. How many of you think Daniel had to stand before mean men? So, do we have a paradox here? We do. But let's keep watch as we go through this here. We find him standing before our kings, and today we're going to find him standing before kings and mean men. And just as a little hint, some of you know what happened to those mean men, right? Right? Some of you know. Forget what you know, okay? Forget what you know. They're just mean men. Daniel here is set over the kingdom. Can you put your Bibles up and let's do another sword drill? Another lesson we can learn from Daniel. We've learned that a man who is diligent in his business shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. Here's another scripture. 1 Corinthians 4.2. Can you say it with me? 1 Corinthians 4.2. Charge! Thank you. Did you hear that? It is required in stewards. That means someone who has been entrusted with something. It could be a thing. It could be time. It could be money. It could be power. It could be influence. It could be anything that someone has been given to take care of, to use. Think of Daniel. Daniel is a man who has been given influence, He has been given rank. He has been given incredible authority in the kingdom, second only to the governor. So if we were to take the hierarchy here, we have Cyrus the Great as the emperor, we have Darius the Mede as the governor, and we have have, um, Daniel as the first of the three presidents. So he's like third in the kingdom, second over the empire or the province of Babylon. This is a stewardship, and it is required that a steward be found faithful. It's important for us to think about the stewardships that we have, our time, our work, our money, our skills, our gifts. Oh, the list could keep going on of things that God has given to us, and are we faithfully using those? Daniel, I believe we find here, is a faithful steward. That's the reason why he's now third in the kingdom, second in the province, first among the presidents, and first among all of the princes. It tells us, verse 3, 
well, verse 2, that over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Here it is again, of all the matters of the kingdom, um, basically were being delegated to these different individuals. This is a good model for business. This is a good model for family. This is a good model for church. This is a good model for government. Even in this secular, and you might say godless kingdom, it is a good model. And there is an accountability going on. And listen, why was Daniel found faithful? Verse 3, Then this Daniel was a preferred above the presidents and princes, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Some have actually wondered if this was not Darius actually thinking about retiring and recommending Daniel to Cyrus the Great to take his place. Now, we don't know that for sure, but we do know that Cyrus, sorry, was an old man. He was in his 60s when he conquered Babylon or came into Babylon and started his governorship in this time period. And it's very possible that he was wanting to retire. And even though Daniel was probably his contemporary, he saw him as a man excellent in spirit of whom he could entrust it, the whole realm to him. But you know, look at what it says about Daniel. It says something about him. It says, because an excellent spirit was in him. An excellent spirit. Did you know each and every one of us have a spirit? We have a spirit. It's who we really are on the inside. And you know, sometimes our spirit can be excellent. I'll give you a little clue. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we have the most excellent spirit. So we really need, if we want to be like Daniel or even more special than what Daniel had, we ought to be filled with the Spirit of God. That means first that we're saved. That means first that we're Christians. That means first that we've had our sins washed away by believing in Jesus and the Holy Spirit moving inside of us. And then it means that every day when we are tempted to do things wrong and when we see opportunity to do things good, we say, Spirit of God, and not just say it, but do it. You do this through me. That's how you can get an excellent spirit. Daniel had an excellent spirit. I believe that was also because the Holy Spirit was upon him. But you know what? Sometimes when you are walking by faith as Daniel was, believing God, doing what was right, is right, living in integrity, you will have enemies. And what's strange about it is, is that they're not enemies necessarily of you. They're enemies of your integrity. They're enemies of your excellent spirit. They're enemies of your God. Well, of all those princes, there were some who had a problem with Daniel. Could I have two helpers? Could I have two helpers? Justice and Philip, you guys want to come on up here? You guys want to be the princes, some of the other princes? Here we go. And, and Mr. Tolosa, can you come on up here and, and you can be Daniel? 
Tell me, Justice, do you like being in charge? Yep, everybody does. That's a problem sometimes, isn't it? Yep. Well, here now, Darius the Mede has made this guy in charge. And he's not lording over you. He's not being mean. He's just doing a really good job. And you don't like him. Now, in reality, Philip, you, you, you like Mr. Tolosa, right? But right now, you're acting. And as one of the princes here in Babylon, the princes, they didn't like Daniel. They, they had a, a problem with him. And it tells us that they were talking through. Here, Justice, I'll give this to you, but I'll read your part for you, okay, unless you want to read it. I'll do it for you, okay. So here we have these presidents. And there were, remember, 120 of them. Two of them were prominent up there with Daniel. And um, they, they, they are looking for something in this guy. They're looking for him to mess up. And they're watching him, and they're, they're looking. They're looking. They're looking. They're looking. It says here that they sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. They were hoping to catch him stealing money. They were hoping to catch him cheating on the reports. They were hoping to catch him taking bribes. They were hoping to catch him making mistakes. And here's kind of interesting. This is kind of hard. Huh. Because all of us, no matter how hard we try, we make mistakes, which is hard, which really tends to tell me that, um, wow, God was really with this man, and God was going to use him. But these presidents, these princes, they sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion, no fault. Everything checked out. In the reports that were coming to the king, they couldn't find anything to tear him down with. He was what we would say in the New Testament, above reproach. He had no handles they could grab and pull him down from his position. He was above reproach. For it tells us, for as much as he was faithful. What did we read in 1 Corinthians? What does it say a, a, a steward must be? Do you remember, Philip? A steward must be faithful. So what is a steward supposed to be? Faithful. Daniel was faithful. Neither was there any error or fault found in him. So these guys here, hmm, they, they get this idea. Should, should I join you guys? Yeah, I'll join them. I'll be one of the princes too. This is kind of messed up, isn't it? Listen. We shall not find any fault against this Daniel except... We find it against him concerning the law of his God. Now, does that sound like a problem to all of you? It's nothing new. It's been a problem throughout the ages. See, the problem they have is not with Daniel. The problem they have is with Daniel's God. Because all of who Daniel is and what Daniel is is because of Daniel's God. 
And that's why they don't like Daniel. But they're going to take it out on the man, even though they're really taking it out on God. Well, you know, if you guys craft this right, it won't be hard. Because this guy loves his God. We know from other passages in Scripture that this man, Daniel, searched the Scriptures. Not only did he search the Scriptures, but when he found promises, he prayed for God to keep them. We find out that this man was a praying man. This man was a trusting man in his God. He was consistent, regular in praying to his God. And they knew this, and so they had an idea. We have an idea. Who wants to be the king? Anybody, anybody want to be the king? Oh, you want to be the king? Okay, you come on up here and be the king. Let's not forget, you're first among the princes. <clears throat> you come on up here and you just stand right up there on the stage up here. And um, we're going to come to you. We've got a plan. Here is King Darius the Mede. Here, guys, come here. Here's our plan. We're going to draft legislation. We're going to draft a law. Here's how we're going to get them. We're going to get the king to sign a law that says that no one can ask anybody for anything for 30 days unless they ask only him. Now, this is going to really work good because everybody wants to be special. So Darius, he is going to sign this because this sounds really great. I mean, it really makes him special. Do you hear our plan? You know, this isn't new. Oh, I'm sorry. You thought that was just American politics. No, it's, it's the bad part of politics world round throughout all history. It's a take to appeal to the selfishness of the rulers or of the people and to craft things that make them feel good or special. So let's go to the king. Let's find a time when he's not around. Oh, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom the governors and the princes, the consulars and the captains. We won't tell them we didn't talk to Daniel. Have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish a decree and sign the writing that it may not be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Are you going to sign the law? Did you hear? Nobody can ask anything from anybody but you for 30 days. 
that sound like a good law? Oh, wait. He's right. It's not a good law. But you're playing Darius, and you know what Darius thought? This is a good law. So Darius decides that anybody who asks anything of anybody except Darius will be cast into the den of lions. Here, sign it. Sign it. You can just imagine you're signing it. The law of the Medes and Persians. That's a big deal. There we go. Good plan. We're all set. Are we set? Hmm. Just a note about this law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be changed. This is an illustration of a kingdom that is not as absolute as the golden kingdom of Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar, at whim, could do what he wanted. He was not bound by any law. This was a law of the Medes and Persians. It actually isn't entirely, it's not a good law because there are needs to change laws, especially when they're bad laws. But it's not all bad for the monarchs and for the kings and for the rulers to be bound by law. That's why our government has established a constitution. It's not all wrong. A law is a good way of limiting powers. The point of this law in the Media Persian Empire was to say, king, don't make foolish, rash decisions. Because if you make foolish and rash decisions, you can't change it. So that means they better be good. So, Prince, Prince Zachary, is this a good law? Huh? Well, you're speaking as, you're not Zachary, you're Justice. Hey, we maybe should get Zachary up here. Prince Justice, is this a good law? Oh, he's still speaking as justice. I said, Prince Justice, is this a good law? Yeah. So as soon as we get this law signed, here, you hold on to this law, because we're going to need it in a minute. Let's go check out Daniel. So the law is signed, and the news comes to Daniel, and Daniel hears that the law is signed. And what does Daniel do? It says he went into his house, and the windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled down upon his knees. He kneels down three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. And if you want, underline the next phrase there. As he did aforetime. Daniel wasn't this guy who would just pray when there was a problem. Daniel prayed always. You think we should do another sword drill? What do you think? Yes, I think we should. Let's look here. Could you take your Bibles? Well, let's, let's say a reference together. Put your Bibles. Get your Bibles out. Stand up with me. Can you say 1 Thessalonians 5.17? All right, listen to justice. 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Say it with us. 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Pray without ceasing. I think Daniel believed this. 
It hadn't even been written. But Daniel believed it. He's praying as he was, yep, normally doing. And so, it says that these men assembled. That means they got together. Here, your majesty, you just come sit down over here and wait for us, because we're going to come back and talk to you, because we know we're going to catch Daniel. I mean, he does this every day. It's going to be easy. So, look, there he is. He's praying. Is he, who's he praying to, Philip? God. To God. Isn't that against the law? Yeah, that's against the law. We're going to go talk to the king. Your majesty, O king, live forever. Hast thou not signed a decree? Hast thou not signed a decree that every man that shall ask a petition of any god or man within 30 days, save of thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? Did you sign that? He's shaking his head yes. The king says the thing is true. According to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. He signed it. O king, that Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but makest his petition three times a day. Daniel's toast. Oh, no. He's, uh, he's breakfast for the lions. It tells us, then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself. You ever been sad about what you did? You never been sad about what you've done? Well, King Darius was sad about what he had done. It says he was sore displeased. He was not pleased with himself. And so, here he is. He sets his heart to rescue Daniel. You know, you like Daniel. He wants to make Daniel over all the kingdom. And now, he realizes that he signed his death warrant. And there's nothing legally he can do about it. That's a problem. And so he sets his heart how he can deliver Daniel, and he labored to the going down of the sun to deliver him. But apparently in this kingdom of the Medes and Persians, justice is expedient. That means that it's fast. That means it doesn't happen without delay. Well, except for the fact that this isn't just. It's a little bit of a problem. That's one of the reasons, by the way, why sometimes it's hard for people to recognize the expedience of justice is because is it always just? And so that's a legitimate question, but nonetheless, justice should be served. And here, Darius can't do anything about it. So you know what happens? We come to the king again. 
No, O king. No, O king. That the laws of the Medes and Persians is that no decree or statute which the king establisheth may be changed. You can't change your mind. Do you want to throw them in the lines then? Doesn't matter. You can't. You already signed a law. So, you know what this king does? This king issues the command. Take Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now, I need all kinds of helpers. Who want to be the lions? Okay, come, come. Uh, come, come. There can be boy lions and girl lions. I've got lots of, of lions for you all. Okay, here you go. Here, you take this one, and you just go on up here on the stage and stand up there. Okay, come, come. I've got here... There's more. I've got a whole bunch of things for lions here. Here, you guys just go find your little place up on the stage. Some of you can have one that you can color when you get home. Oh, let's see. Look at all of these lions. I have a few more. I have three more. Oh, here comes another one. Here comes another one. Yes, yes. Any more? I've got two more. Owen. Yeah, I need some big ones. Mm. Oh, here comes some more. Oh, look at them all. How many of you know lines that line up in order? You know what? I don't have another mask. So you want to just be a lion without a mask? You want to be a lion without a mask? Okay, you're going up there. Now, lions, I don't know. Boy, oh boy, they do look scary. A whole den of lions. Now, what do lions do when they're hungry and meat gets thrown in their den? Eat they eat it. You're right. You know what? You're all hungry. You're all, hey, if you don't wear the mask, you give it to her. There you go. You're all hungry. Well, You've decree, you've given the command that Daniel is to be thrown into the den of lions. Now look here in verse 16, what you say to Daniel. Daniel, thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. And so, let's go get this Daniel, guys. You sit down there. Yes, grab him over there. We're going to throw him in the lion's den. We finally got to get rid of this guy. Oh, my. Is Daniel standing before mean men? Yeah, he sure is. Hey, get with us. And so, now just so you all can imagine this, we don't have a pit, but it's very likely that on this day there was a cave. And at the top of the cave, there was a little hole. And, um, and they probably didn't drop him. They probably shoved him down through that hole. And he fell down right among all of these lions. Oh, there he is. And all these lions, they're around him. They're hungry.
Now, I wonder if this is the way it was. Laughing lions. We've heard of laughing hyenas. Okay, okay. You know what happens? There is a stone that's laid over the top of that hole, and the king seals it with his signet ring, with the princes sealing it so that nobody can rescue Daniel. And then the king goes home to sleep. Do you know what happened in that den of lions? an angel from God came into that den of lions and we learned that they shut all the lions' mouths. Now, if you could imagine for a moment that these are indeed real lions, this is very likely what it may have been like. All huddled around him, starving hungry, but they didn't touch him. Why? Well, we find out both recorded in the book of Daniel and in the book of Hebrews. In Hebrews, it is said that this happened by what? By faith. In Daniel chapter 6, it says that it happened because Daniel believed God. And Daniel, look at him here. He's just going to go to sleep. And he's going to sleep with all these scary lions around him. <laughs> Meanwhile, we'll see if they can behave themselves up here and not eat them. You know what you're doing? You, the king here, he goes back home and he tries to go to sleep. <laughs> tries to go to sleep. Notice I said tries. He can't sleep. He can't sleep. He can't sleep. He passed the night fasting. He didn't need any food. He, he, he didn't have the people come in and play songs for him and lullaby him to sleep. No. His sleep went from him. But very early in the morning, the king, he went in haste, it tells us, to the den of lions. And it says he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel, Oh, Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? O oh, king, look forever. My God hath sent his angel and hath shut the lions' mouth that they have not hurt me for as much as before him innocency was found in me and also before thee, O oh, and you know what? The king was exceeding glad. Look at him. He's so can't just can't contain himself. He's so glad. Right? You're so happy. Daniel's alive. Yay! So the king commands that Daniel be taken up out of the den of lions. Take up Daniel out of the den. And so he was taken up. There's no hurt on him. There's there's no scratches. There's no bite marks. Do you see this? He spent the whole night with these wild beasts. And he doesn't even have a scratch. And look at him. Look at him stirring. Those guys are hungry. Well, you know what you command, O king? Your new commandment? He commands, bring those men that accuse Daniel 
and cast them into the den of lions, them, their children, their wives. Okay. Zachary, you got to come up here now. You're part of his family. So, so you're free. Oh, look here. Here's another. Oh, 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 oh. I'm dead. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. You know what? That wasn't entirely accurate. Because these lions, where'd Philip go? Come here. If you guys were really these princes, these wild beasts devoured us down till we were dry bones before we ever fell to the bottom. No meat on us. They never even made it to the bottom. These wild beasts devoured them. Now y'all had fun eating me, didn't you? It's funny, you didn't eat me. You ate, I don't know, who were they eating? I was too busy getting eaten by one. Oh. Well, you know what? It's all fun. Y'all had fun being lions. But you know, this is really a sad story. It really is a sad story, but it's also an amazing story because it's a sad story because these men died. It's a sad story that these men were mean. It's a sad story that these men did not love God nor God's servant. But it's a beautiful story in that Daniel, in spite of scary, wild animals, lions, he trusted God and believed isn't that wonderful? We can trust God. Trust and obey. Thank you all. You all can keep your lion faces, and you can go home and color them or finish cutting them out. Thank you, lions. Thank you, your majesty. Thank you, prince. Prince Philip. Hey, that actually sounds familiar. You probably don't want to be identified that way, huh? Daniel believed God. I'd like you to look here particularly in this chapter. It says in verse 23, So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no manner of hurt was found upon him. <clears throat> Underline the next phrase. Note it. Follow the example. Because he believed in his God. Because he believed in his God. We need to always trust and believe in our God. Turn with me back to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 says, who, talking about Daniel, through faith stopped the mouths of lions. Believe God. He may stop the mouths of lions. Even brute beasts. Paul speaks of these beasts he was delivered of in Ephesus. 
and it's often debated and wondered as to whether or not he was actually thrown into an arena with wild beasts or if the beasts were people. I'm not sure which is scarier in that case. And God delivered Paul. God delivered Daniel. But I don't want you to forget, if you continue down just a few verses, to verse 36 it says, And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonments. Daniel had that in the den of lions. There's others who were stoned. They were sawn asunder. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. God doesn't always close the mouths of lions. Sometimes those who still believe in him and trust in him will go through terrible experiences. But through it all, we remember what we learned last week in Romans 8. God works all things together for good to them that love him and to them that are called according to his purpose. In Daniel's case, the purpose was that he be in that prison of lions and that the lions' mouths be closed by an angel from heaven. But that's not always been true for Christians or saints in any age. There have been many who have been slain, tortured, and died. In fact, in it all, Jesus Christ set an example for us all. The one who you could say had perfect righteousness, not that you could say, the one who had perfect righteousness was betrayed by his own friends, suffered unthinkable torture, and died. But you know, as we saw in Jesus, as we saw in Daniel, there was something about these men. They had peace. They had peace. Perhaps Daniel knew the promise of Isaiah 26, where it says, Thou shalt keep him in perfect peace. In spite of those wild beasts, Daniel was kept in perfect peace. In Philippians chapter 4, we learn that God gives peace that passeth all understanding. All understanding. This we can take confidence in. That when and even if we stand before mean men, we do not need to fear. Can we do one more sword drill? Let's see here. Oh, Mick, would you like to say charge? Okay, when I give you the signal, you shout it out so everybody can hear you. Hear it, all right? 2 Timothy 1.7. Say it with me. 2 Timothy 1.7. You know, there's times when we're tempted to be fearful. But God has not given us a spirit of fear. His spirit is excellent. His spirit is peaceful. His spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law, even if they do make a law against it. 
God has given, not given us a spirit of fear. Even though this scripture had not yet been revealed and written in the time of Daniel, I believe he believed it. And he simply trusted in his God. Well, you know what that king ended up doing? <clears throat> his majesty, King Darius, he made a retirement speech. Well, we don't know if it was a retirement speech, but it's close there too. He wrote unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth. Peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and steadfast forever, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall be even unto the end. He delivereth and rescueth, and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth, who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. And so Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus, the Persian. You see, Daniel's faith resulted in an incredible impact in the life of King Darius and spread to the entire empire. He was a missionary to the world from that city of Babylon. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you that you give peace. We thank you that we can trust in you, that we can hope in you. May we be like Daniel. May we trust in you and hope always. And we thank you for the peace that you give to us. May we have an excellent spirit in us. May we be filled with your spirit, the excellentest of all spirits. Fill us. May we yield to you. May we let you live through us. We pray in your name. Amen.